Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Periodic Table, Episode 4, The Insane Asylum, recorded December 15th, 2011. This week with us, we have um, a pantheon of hosts. There are five of us tonight, which is uh, one more than we've ever had before. And we'll start... <laughs> no one louder. In no particular order, we have with us Mr. Eric Faye. Hey, Eric, welcome back to the show. Hello. And uh, also with us, Mr. Seth Anderson. Hey, Seth. Hey, two more, and we could have a legal riot. Two more, and a legal riot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you do pull some interesting facts out of your um, head from time I was to time. a law enforcement explorer, and I learned that it takes seven people acting in an unruly manner to be a legal riot in the state of Texas. All righty. <laughs> and uh, a man who may or may not have any legal background, Mr. John Mikulski, the tightwad teacher. Hey, John. How you doing? Yeah, no legal background that I want to divulge tonight to all of you folks. <laughs> yeah, it's like when uh, when I'm filling out a job application, it says, have you ever been convicted of a felon? I always write convicted with a question mark. Define convicted. Yeah. 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 And Mr. Aaron Butler, the former fat guy. Hey, Aaron. Hey, I'd rather be here than the best jail in Fort Worth. Okay. <laughs> Me too, I suppose. Uh, either way, you're surrounded by ugly guys. <laughs> but I'm fine. I'm sure everybody appreciates that mark <laughs> well uh, i didn't hear anybody denying it though yeah. yeah it's not an insult if it's true so. <laughs> that's right as wilson it was a no brag just fact all right let's get things go started uh first off i'm gonna mention some some big news to me um that that we now have a new element op mobile app yay so um, if you go right now it's in the android store it is pending in the uh, Apple App Store because Steve uh, and his, well, Steve, not Steve anymore, but Steve's cronies has to make sure that all the uh, icons meet with their approval and such. But I expect in the next couple of days it'll be there. Aaron is modeling it for you for the zero people watching on the on the live stream. <laughs> I'll get that. Um, There's actually three people watching, Mark. John, you, and Eric. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, that won't help when the show goes to air, but hey, that's fine. So anyway, if you're interested in um, another way of getting our content, check it out. Element OP. Just search for Element OP with no spaces in the in the uh, um, Android App Store, or it's just right there on our website. You go to elementop.com, and there's a link to it. It's a pretty cool thing. It's it's really nothing spectacular. It's the same stuff you could get from our website, but it's on your phone, and it's streaming, and it's cool. So there you go. Check it out. Awesome. Uh, Aaron, hit yes. it. uh, Those of you that don't know, I have a son, Nathaniel, who's five, who is absolutely one of the most incredibly funny kids I've ever met. Uh, He's quite the handful. So last night, about 3.30 in the morning, he woke up coughing and what have you, a little bit of drainage, you know. That wasn't why he was awesome. But uh, So then about 5.30, he came in the bedroom, and he said, Dad, I had a dream that me, you, and Mom were in a dancing competition and if you messed up, you got kicked out, and you fell a long ways, and then we ended up in a racetrack, and we won, and the rest was just commercials. <laughs> the rest was just commercials. <laughs> that is awesome. They've invaded your child's dreams. Their mission is accomplished. <laughs> oh. well, I, knew, I knew that was destined to be whenever he we were driving along, and, uh, and when he's like two, and he saw a Chuck E. Cheese sign, he's like, Chuck E. Cheese. A, spout, a proud sponsor of the Disney Network. <laughs> oh, no. one, one of my friends tells a story about uh, uh, one night they were going to Vacation Bible School, VBS, and so uh, uh, he woke his three-year-old daughter up from her nap and said, it's time to go to VBS, and she said, pbskids.org? 
no, no, no. VBS. It's interesting. My my daughter has been. Uh, she's three, and she's in that uh, stuck in a, in a loop phase. So she's been walking around singing "Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells," j- just like that incessantly. Yeah. She never goes any farther. <laughs> and every well, now and then, you can help her out and say "Jingle," oh, and then she'll follow along. But yeah. Mark, I can I can one up that. See, my kids do that too because I also have I have a two and a half and a four year old. Only instead of them doing holiday songs, they're singing uh, viral videos on YouTube. So I had a four year old singing Rebecca Black since like August. So consider yourself lucky. Sorry, we're not even going to go. Don't even sing one note of that song because it'll be stuck in all of our heads. Uh, Although she came out with a new song, I haven't heard it yet, but I know she came out with a new one. I imagine it's about the same as the last one. You're probably not missing much. Just horribly auto tuned (laughs) and the dumbest video I've ever seen. Well, well, somebody dumped the audio on on it with uh, supposedly without her having audio auto tune on. It may just be somebody mocking her. It was absolutely the most horrible thing I've ever heard. But I'm talking about the funny kids. Nathaniel was trying to tell us that the names of all the reindeer today, and it was like Rudolph, Dancer, Prancer, Rudolfo. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Slayer, <laughs> Pike. It was awesome. like, then it went off random, just like random names. But he came up with nine. Hey, uh, while we're talking about uh, uh, viral videos, go uh, oh, go to YouTube. Go to YouTube and search for Vader. Did you know? You will thank me for it later. If you're listening to the show, yes. you'll appreciate it. Uh, uh, Seth, you were going to say something. I was just going to say I loved it. I have uh, downloaded it for offline use. <laughs> <laughs> it's now part of your mp3 collection vader did you know that is right all right before we get too far along i want to play we have some v- listener feedback from awesome. uh our first show actually and so i want to play that it's a listener named jim who uh wants to take me to task hello this is for the insane asylum also known as the periodic table my name is jim i'm commenting on the very first episode of the periodic table and specifically a couple of things that mark said mark I have to uh, totally disagree with you about your objection to uh, wearing a tie in the presence of the President of the United States. Last time I checked, the President of the United States works for us, and as one of the stakeholders in this mess called the United States, if I feel like uh, seeing him, I'm not going to wear a tie just to see him because he works for me. He applied for that job back in 2008 along with a few other people and uh, those of us that are stakeholders got together and for better or for worse the majority of us selected him to serve that job he will apply again in 2012 no doubt with a few other folks and once again we'll all get together in in the various ways that we do and we will decide whether or not we're going to hire him for another go round or if we're going to hire somebody else so you know I just feel like that uh we don't need to wear a tie in his presence. Also, just as an aside, or just corollary, or however you want to put it, I'll never call the man Mr. President, unless, of course, he legally changes his name. Last time I checked, the gentleman that's currently serving in that uh, position is named Barack Obama, so I will refer to him as Mr. Obama, just like I would have referred to uh, the previous holder of that position as Mr. Bush or George or Barack or who or however we decide to do that but we are not in England I'm not going to refer to our leaders like that they are Mr. or Mrs. or Ms. or whatever that's good enough for the Wall Street Journal that's good enough for me 
However, Mark, I will agree with you. He's still, oh. The McRib sucks. <laughs> the McRib Why did you invite us on? He's going to take the whole show. <laughs> wants to the Texas barbecue in the Woodlands. There's this place called Pitmaster. They serve the best pork ribs. <laughs> They're ever in the area. Stop by there. What was that place called again? Fitmaster. Okay, yeah, I'll make sure to stop. All right, so not only did he uh, take me to task, but he also got a commercial in there. (laughs) That's awesome, Jim. The funniest thing about that is I'm reading the Google Voice transcript, and where he calls it a corollary, uh, Google translated that just squirrel, Larry. (laughs) (laughs) Just squirrel, Larry. So uh, what do you guys think about that? Is the president, uh, the leader of the free world, uh, holding an office that deserves respect, or is he just a guy in a temp job? Well, I, I don't think, want to go all I mean, biblical on you, he, but or go ahead. Uh, he he still made it to that position, so we have to respect him in the way a human should respect another human. I don't have to agree with him because I clearly I don't. But uh, I mean, I don't. I think you need to at least call him Mister. It doesn't take anything out of your way. I won't wear a tie either. I think I said that last time, just because I don't normally wear ties. So. I won't do it in front of someone else. Well, my point, just in case you don't remember, is that the pre- the office of the president deserves respect, regardless of who is in it. Yes. It doesn't matter who's there. The office deserves respect. And that respect is you wear a tie, you call him sir, you call him Mr. President. That's what we've decided since the days of, of uh, George Washington. So uh, that the, the office deserves that respect. Um, kind of Jim doesn't agree with you. He yeah. thinks that the office is a hired hand. Right. And, and you know, he's got a point. I can't necessarily disagree with anything he says. It's just not the way I would go about it. Seth, you were going to say something? Well, I kind of agree with you. Um, you know, you, you should show honor to those who are due honor. And I think whoever holds that office should be shown some honor because when you become president, all of a sudden you have about half the country who hates you and thinks you're a moron. So anyone who can put up with that without shooting hundreds of people a day, they deserve at least a little bit of honor. Well, as Mark Twain said, anybody who wants the position should be, be immediately disqualified from having it. Right, uh-huh. right. Well, the, I think, the thing, you know, he is the the leader of, you know, he's the commander in chief. So the Mr. President thing is the same thing as calling, in my mind, it's, it's not the same. I know he's not military, he's a civilian. But, you know, you, you, you call a sergeant, you call a lieutenant, lieutenant colonel, or, you, you know, you talk... You use the honorary of their title of their position in the military when you refer to them. So in that sense, calling him Mr. President, I'm fine with that. It doesn't bother me. I don't. I wouldn't have a problem calling the president a president that I totally disagreed with, Mr. President, if I was talking to him. Even if I was telling him he was an idiot, Mr. President, you're an idiot. I would still have no problem calling him Mr. President. <laughs> and that's that's what often what I've said. Yeah, it's like a, a drill sergeant will say, "You can call me whatever you want as long as you tack sir onto the end of it." It's not the person; it's the position. John, what does our resident non-redneck think? Um, I think that whole call was just Jim's subtle way of admitting he doesn't own a necktie. <laughs> I don't own it. Oh, I have one necktie and it's constantly tied. So yeah, you, you just hang it up in your closet already tied. Oh yeah, man. And then every time it comes untied, I wait for my buddy who knows how to tie it to come over and tie it for me. Because well, I just I can I can take a car apart and put it all back together in one day. But a wins or not, it's just but too I much. Not tie a tie. Well, funny. thanks to the joys of Skype, you can call me Eric and I can talk you through it. If you have to, because <laughs> I taught school for a while, so no. I, I used to wear one at work, but I. I've worn one maybe once or twice a year for the last 10 years. Yeah, even, if, even if the I wedding to. I planned, my uh, my fiance, well, I didn't plan it, clearly. It's not my job. But uh, she won't let me have any part of it. She said, 
you are not wearing a tie. And I was like, oh, thank God. There you go. I just don't like them. It just, I don't like the tension around the neck, I guess. I think they're actually kind of silly. If you take a step back and remove yourself from our culture and say, look, that person has a piece of material tied around their neck, hanging down the front of their shirt, and you just remove it from our current status quo, it really looks kind of goofy. It really does. Yeah, but you got to have some way to cover up all of those spills when you only do laundry. (laughs) When you go to Pit Barbecue, what's it called? Pit Masters. Pit Masters Barbecue in in (laughs) the Woodlands, Texas. Yeah. Oh, he said the Woodlands. I assume Texas. Guess he said yeah. Texas barbecue. So yeah, the McRib is not barbecue, Jim. We agree on that. Yeah. Even though I ate a whole box of them one time in college, I think I told this uh. story before, Mark. <laughs> so Seth, what's the uh, best advice you could give somebody who's planning on robbing someplace? Do not take your homework with you if you're going to break into a place. Well, better uh, advice is this, don't leave it there if you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, in Liberty, New York, a 12-year-old kid broke into a warehouse that was housing items for an auction, and he his homework fell out of his bag or something, and it was found close by. And so they, um, they were able to trace it back to him. So I guess his bid of, you know, 10 to 12 years was probably more than the cash in his pocket. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, who don't listen to John's show, John is a teacher in New York. So uh, uh, John, was this one of your kids? No, Liberty, I don't think is very close to me, but at least this kid now, for once, I would assume, has a good reason why his homework's not actually <laughs> done. Excuse, I, right? I've, I've never gotten that uh, excuse before when I ask him to hand the in homework. Oh, I homework. left mine where I was robbing a joint. Yeah. <laughs> I, I dropped it at a crime scene. That's a good one. Yeah. My my homework is evidence in a felony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least he did it. You know, like let's yeah, just get his homework that. with him. Yeah, he's gonna be a smart criminal. <laughs> yeah, I had a, a heard a funny story years ago about a guy who uh, um, wrote uh, a, a note on the back of a deposit slip that uh, said, um, I'm going to rob you, hand over all your money, and shove that over to the teller. Unfortunately, he used his own deposit slip with his name and account number on it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, that's how they say that the average IQ of you know the population of, of most jails is fairly low compared to the national average. Right. <laughs> the smart ones don't get caught. I mean, I haven't ever got caught. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the next thing up on the list, another Seth. Seth is great at coming up with these news items. I don't know how you do it, Seth, but uh, uh, you're a great one. So uh, uh, don't vote for don't elect dead men. Well, no, he wasn't dead, but this happened in Derby, and I don't remember the city it's from, but they misprinted a name on the ballot. Derby and so <laughs> it's weird because the person who won was the son of the person who had been nominated. And they're, they take office, or they took office like, um, I don't remember when soon, but who do you put in? The guy who was supposed to be or the person that was actually voted for? <laughs> That, that sounds like a Ronnie Danger Dangerfield movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. a perfect sitcom. I mean, uh, situation for uh, yeah, 80s, a, a 70s, 80s, 80s uh, Caddyshack. Right well, you remember that movie Eddie Murphy did, Distinguished Gentleman, where mm-hmm. the guy was named uh, Jeff Davis, and his name was Jefferson, and his middle name was Davis. Yep. And so he's like, Jeff Davis, the name you know. Uh, so that's a good question. I mean, one guy won the election, but the other guy was running for the election. So what do you do there? Maybe maybe when people drop out, they're allowed to name their successor. So maybe they could do it that way. Have Marm wrestle. Uh, I don't know how it works there in Connecticut. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's like that old newspaper. You see the the old photo of uh, Harry Truman holding up the newspaper that says Dewey wins because they screwed up the election count. 
Well, no, that wasn't the election count. That was the 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 exit polling. They oh, were, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was something that that that's actually a fascinating story. That that I'm sorry, I'm such a geek. I just have to apologize. I'm such a geek. But in my statistics class that I took in college, because I didn't need it, just because I needed an A. Yeah, um, we talked about that, and the newspaper had done a poll of people with telephones to see who they had voted for or who they were planning to vote for. And overwhelmingly, the people in their poll said that they were going to vote for um, Truman. I mean, Dewey, yeah. But the the fallacy there is that in this day and time, only rich people had phones. And so their sample was horribly skewed toward rich white Republicans, essentially, because they were the only people with phones. And so they did a telephone survey, and it was like 97% said Dewey. So they printed it. They ran with it on the front page, and then turns out those darn proletariats actually vote. <laughs> it's the people's paper, <laughs> apparently. So that's, anyway, that's just an interesting story. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. And this is a, a bit of a new story that, that I've been hanging on to for a couple of weeks. We've, we've missed a couple of weeks doing this show, but I wanted this one just for Eric. And if Eric hadn't been here tonight, I would have held the story just for him <sighs> because uh, uh, this is just fun. Um, Obama, uh, great President Obama, savior of all the planet. Um, Mr. President. Obama. Mr. President, yeah. Mr. President. Mr. President. I said President Obama. I didn't say Mr. <laughs> Obama. President Obama, uh, and really... When you get to the nuts and bolts of this story, it was one of those things that got shoved into a bigger bill, which happens yeah. all the time. But he signed a law on Thanksgiving Day, no less, that legalizes the slaughter of horses for human consumption in the U.S. Immediately after pardon, pardoning a turkey, right. yes. So, yeah, <laughs> Next year, he's going to pardon a horse. <laughs> yeah, so he pardons a turkey, and he then he makes horses. it legal to slaughter horses. Now, it's it's always been legal, to, to, yes, to be correct. It's always been legal to slaughter a horse. It's always been legal to eat a horse. What it hasn't been legal to do is sell horse meat, because you can only sell meat that's been USD inspected, and the funding for inspection of horse meat was removed. So in this bill, they added the funding back. And frankly, I'm looking forward to having a horse steak. So the recreational consumption of a horse is, was okay. Now we can actually sell them. Is that how it works? Right. You uh, used to be able to... It's street it was, legal now. Yeah. If it was your horse, you could kill it and eat it all you wanted, but you couldn't sell it. Now you can sell it. And and I know that there are plants gearing up for the slaughter of horses. Uh, it's 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 very big in much of Europe They where they eat horses. It's only in the U.S. where the horse became sort of the cornerstone of our culture back in the early days. Was there a black market on horse meat? Like some people go on the streets to buy horse tranquilizers. <laughs> others go on there for horse steak. Hey, hey dude, you got any Appaloosa? I, I need some. I need some Appaloosa. You got the stuff. Man, that's some good mane. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that that gets me, I, 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 and I'm glad you clarified that, Mark, because at first I thought you were saying that it was illegal to consume horse meat, and I, I just thought that would be crazy for them to say any type of meat other than human is illegal to eat, right? given preferential treatment. I already have a problem with them. You know, you can't eat a spotted owl. There's only so many of them. Well, if he's already dead, why not eat him? You know, I, well, I let him go to waste. Well, but you say don't kill him. That's dead, okay. Dead from natural causes, and you don't want to eat a <laughs> yeah, natural cause disease <laughs> owl. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I actually have a strange fear of horses. Um, <laughs> so once they're dead, they're not going to hurt you. You can eat them and save. No, no, I don't. I don't. Want, okay, I've killed a horse, but I didn't actually mean to kill the horse. Uh, oh, you'll kill him just to school. Yeah, no, when I was in grade school, I had to, uh, I uh, went to Camp Grady Spruce down in Eagle Mountain, uh, Eagle Mountain Lake in Texas. And then uh, 
what we had to do was we all had to go on a horse riding trail. Well, about five minutes into me already being scared of the horse because it's so much bigger than me. I I'm on the back of it. And then about five to 10 minutes into it, the horse lays down and just dies <laughs> while I'm on its back. And I had to, it was like the second day of the one week long trip. I had to go home because I was traumatized and I've just been afraid of horses ever since then. So and your mom's like, you killed it because you're bad. <laughs> and my mom's a crazy vegetarian. So that's, <laughs> Now, are all three of you from Texas? I know, Aaron, are you a Texan as well? Yes, originally. I, I live in Atlanta now. Man, what goes on down south? All these stories I'm hearing today. <laughs> I've, I've never killed anything, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Never a horse, anyway. Well, yeah, everything well, that, everything I mean, that's eaten it, it, north it of the Mason-Dixon line is just killed. Died. Whoa, 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 whoa. So <laughs> according to your, your, uh, your philosophy with the, the spotted owl, you should have eaten it then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm just saying everything everything old. eaten north of the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> well, was what better time to learn how to field dress than when you're on a camping trip? Yeah. Oh, oh man, just, yeah, I've never hunted before. I, I kind of I can't or I, I can't physically bring myself to do it. So oh, it's only man. hard the first time. You yeah, know, that, I didn't find that, it hard at all. I, I have no trouble <laughs> killing a subspecies. If I can if I can poison the fire ants in my backyard, I can shoot a horse. It's either way, it's killing a subspecies. I don't distinct dis- differentiate between looking the it two. in the eye before you do it. Like you're just like you're like this that's an amazing doe. Now I'm gonna shoot it in the face. Yeah. Like it's horrible. I, I just cannot I, I've looked down the site at a at one about to be shot i couldn't do it now let me tell you my philosophy on deer hunting okay i have no problem with killing deer i have no problem with eating deer what i have a problem with is when you call it a sport so you're out there wearing camouflage with deer urine on your shoes so you look like a tree and you smell like a deer and when the thing comes up to see what it's all about you shoot it between the eyes and call it a sport that's not a sport yeah, I want to. If it was a sport, you would gloves. put metal tines on the deer's horns <laughs> yeah. and wear a red back jacket and stand out in front and kill it, kill it with a knife. That'd be a yeah. sport. Thing. You'd be you'd sharpen it and put yourself in a ring with it, right? Exactly. And like put spikes on its hooves. And that would be a sport. Now, I, I mean, I grew up in the South, and I I have hunted a couple of times, but I'm not a hunter. I I, I have a I don't have an issue morally with killing an animal, eating it, eating it. I love beef. I love pork. Um, and I've shot a deer one. Um, but, and I've shot a rabbit, I think when I was younger, I barely remember it. My dad and I actually had to do the shooting cause I was so young, but, um, but I'm not a hunter. I, I don't have any desire to go out and kill a bunch of animals. If I can go down to Publix and buy a porterhouse, I mean, there's no, there's no need for me to do it. So yeah, Aaron, you had a great line that I think got swallowed up because people were talking. You said everything that people eat north of the Mason Dixon line was probably killed south of the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it probably was. Um, yeah, but you know, part of that is not just a north south thing, it's also a country city thing. When right. I was in campouts with Boy Scouts, and we took our rabbits in cages and fed them up until the point we took them out of the cage, hit them on the head with a hammer to kill them, and cook them in our stew. What? So, uh, <laughs> Why? <laughs> Okay. Well, you don't want to cook them okay. live, Eric. Here's, here's kill I'm them okay first. with the. <laughs> you don't want to cook them live. Oh, that's the best line yet. No, I don't. Uh, okay, there's there's a show title for you, Mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm putting it in there right now. I, I'm it okay with you good. slaughtering horses because it's necessary. Like, I mean, honestly, it's not necessary, but it's better to do it here with actual regulations and rules than have it done in Mexico, where it's just. You know, anything goes down there. So it's actually better to do it here because we're just sending it south of the border and losing the money and also losing the quality. So that's, that's right. Save a job, slaughter an animal. Um, you know, I grew up dirt poor in, in deep east Texas. I mean, dirt, literally, we had no money. We, we lived on 
um, government assistance and you know the, the when the government handed out cheese and butter we were waiting in line it was, it was that kind of thing and I'm not kidding sometimes the only meat we would have is the meat that crawled across our front yard so I mean all that stuff that you hear Granny Clampett talk about in the Beverly Hillbillies I have eaten that man I've had possum I've had I've had armadillo squirrel. <laughs> had just about everything oh squirrel was a mainstay and yeah we raised rabbits because they're cheap they're easy to raise they multiply like rabbits um and you can build a quick little hutch out there and yeah we raised rabbits so that we could eat them and so yeah i they, love they, rabbit they, actually rabbits one of my favorite meat yeah we'd have you know we'd name them you know that one's that one's fluffy and that one's sam and that one's uh lucy and then so we'd take fluffy and sam later. and lucy and we'd cut their guts open and and, <laughs> and eat on them you know now i understand it when it's necessity like i i know they're still below us on the food chain i understand that but it's just like it's a bunny man <laughs> <laughs> it's a cute little bunny it's a pork chop on a drumstick is what it is to me <laughs> john you hanging in there with us here <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm not a hunter but you know it comes down to it if god didn't want us to eat them he wouldn't have made them taste so good that's right. exactly <laughs> or they could have fought back one of the right. <laughs> yeah there's a reason nobody eats rhinos okay right yeah if bunnies had horns we wouldn't have this conversation right yeah. now yeah, we wouldn't we wouldn't hunt deer if they could shoot back. Yeah. Or if they had opposable thumbs. <laughs> now that would be a sport. <laughs> that, that would be great. I would I would pay pay per view for that. Yeah. Next time I want to see the deer in camouflage wearing human scent. All right, right. With like a with like a cinnamon uh, like a, a pumpkin pie tied around his neck. So you ooh that smells good. What is that? <laughs> it smells like it smells like cinnamon. I, no, no, I, it, it I would smell not a pretty be girl around all be here. Where is she hiding out in the woods? There you go. There you go. Yeah. What was that, Seth? I said we would all be dead in a week if deer had guns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is this smell? Bam, bam, bam. So, <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm going to say when when the time comes, when so society collapses and the zombie apocalypse begins, I, I'm I'm dead. All right, I have no usable skills. I can work a computer, right? That's it. I can't work on a car. Uh, I can build a fire if I have to, but I don't. I'm not a gun hoarder. I don't have any guns. So, and I'm fat and slow. So it's like you know, I'm just I'm all the things. You just want to be standing in he- ahead of me, and, and you're good, because you know the zombies will take over me, and and there won't be any trouble. So I I don't have any illusions about being some sort of survivalist. But if, but if it's not zombies, if it's a nuclear winter, Mark, you're okay. I mean you both because we can live we need like a piece of bread and gain a pound so i mean we're all right we're gonna live we can sustain ourselves on on small amounts of calories especially if you own a horse ranch now you're good to go (laughs) exactly (laughs) and they're pre-microwaved so it's perfect (laughs) oh wow um this show is the insane asylum it really is uh okay uh one more thing seth uh some things you still can't buy at walmart <laughs> this is hilarious. Now, now they have recently. I can't go and buy uh, Claritin D now because people make meth out of it. I can't go buy um, my favorite antihistamine now uh, um, because people make meth out. Of it. Apparently, this woman was making meth in the store. Yes, in Tulsa last week, a woman allegedly, Mark, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. oh yeah, clearly. trying to mix meth in walmart she um she apparently had got the containers was mixing everything the one thing was she did not have any of the pseudoephedrine um but she apparently had like uh, mixed two containers with sulfuric acid and one officer said he felt a burning sensation in his hand after touching some of it but and if, if you look at the woman in the picture i mean it, it's very believable 
that's all I'm going to say about that. But <laughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma, last week, a woman who was in the store for apparently six hours or so had walked through the store, gathered the ingredients, including a chemical drain cleaner and lithium, and was mixing them on a store shelf. That is awesome. That's ingenuity right there. I mean, who says that uh, this recession is putting people out of work? That's making do with what you've got. <laughs> Uh, you you um, never can trust uh, anyone walking through Walmart, if you ask me. <laughs> One of my favorite websites is thepeopleofwalmart.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I guarantee you all of those were south of the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and half of them were related to me, probably. <laughs> I always like to say that my family reunions are an episode of Cops waiting to happen. Because it's really all those people, you know, all we need is Uncle Joe to come out wearing a wife beater and go, you leave that wife alone. And, and right there, you're good. Because uh, that's what? just, that's my family. All joking aside, uh, I was able to create two "you might be a redneck" jokes from from one trip to my family reunion. Uh, one of them was, uh, if it's threatening rain at the family reunion, so you just pull the dune buggy out of the barn and put the food in there, <laughs> you might be a redneck. And the other one was, I don't know if you guys, uh, any of you guys, have project uh, project graduation. Mark probably is familiar with that. No, uh, it's at least down where I grew up. Uh, what they did was. In an attempt to prevent kids from going out graduation night and getting drunk and having wrecks and having all because they had some kids die a few years. They did a thing called Project Graduation. It was all night lock in at the school and they'd have a band come and food and you had to check your keys in at the door. And it was one of those kind of things. And it was a big to do. And it, pretty much everybody went to it. Well, they were having a raffle um, for Project Graduation. So my sister said, hey, Aaron, you want to buy a ticket for the Project Graduation raffle? And I was like, sure. You know, what, what are the prizes? It was it was 50 prizes you could win. So it was great. It was like. Uh, it was like um, three camping gear things and 47 guns. <laughs> I kid you not. It was awesome. like a, a fold-up cot, a such-and-such, such-and-such, you know, a kerosene lantern, a 30-30 Marlin lever action of 257 Magnum. <laughs> All the rest of them were guns that had been donated. I, was I, like, gradu- I graduated in a small class. There were 32 people that walked across the stage in my class. Nine months later, there were four children born. So, you know, that, that's pretty good numbers right there. Wow! <laughs> the project graduation would have stopped that. Yeah, yeah, because they'd be <laughs> and it would have and it would have given them all guns too. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they, it would have been nine months in one day. <laughs> they'd be firing off weapons of a different kind that night. There you go. Oh man, that gives a uh, um, new meaning to the expression. I'm not firing blanks. <laughs> yes. All right, we're going to skip over one more Seth because you've had all the limelight for a little bit, uh, Aaron federal ban on texting while driving is that a good idea or a bad idea you know yes. i will admit that there's been a couple of times i've looked at my phone pulled you know saw an email come in and maybe i pulled up into, as i'm pulling up to a red light i look at it but reading the study seeing the things i've seen shows on tv about it and seeing people around me making really stupid choices while they're doing it i've i've i have stopped doing that myself over in the last year or so two years and the more i see them let me back up. I was sitting at a red light and cars were turning in front of me and it was a heavy traffic area. And like 80% of the cars coming by were talking on the cell phone, you know, animatedly. And that's bad enough. There's a percentage they tell you that that affects um, concentration and what have you. But the texting is absolutely horrible. I, I saw like a Mythbusters type episode where people were, were, you know, trying to text and drive at the same time, even reading, just reading a text. And so I figure there's nothing that's that urgent. Uh, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, it wasn't even an option. Uh, I don't know if I want to ban it. You know, I'm 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 for less government typically, uh, but at the same time, if people are going to do it and put my wife and son in danger because of their idiocy, 
then I need some help stopping that because I can't do that. I can't reach into their car and take their phone away from but them. But does go, anybody think yeah. a federal law will change one person's behavior? Nope. Uh, Especially on a federal one. It won't, be as, uh, it won't be as enforced as a local one will. Like, like I know for a fact they, they've enforced the no texting in a school zone law around here like crazy because I know a couple of people have gotten tickets for it. But I don't think federally it'll, it'll just be like, oh, you're not allowed to do this, and they'll just kind of let us do it. Well, I think the whole point is that they're 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 trying to drive the state legislation from a national level, which is not always the best thing. But the, like the article says, the National Transportation Safety Board has um, is urging all states to impose bans. So, because if you look, there's there's a you can Google it and find some apps. There's some states that have no laws whatsoever. There's some states that have no texting allowed. There's some states that say nobody under 18 can text, but. Uh, you know, I don't speed as often as I would because I know if I, there's a chance when I speed that I'll get caught and speeding is dangerous. So I'm making a judgment call sometimes whether I can speed or not. You know, that's the same kind of idea with texting. You know, if you're in the middle of a country road, there's nobody else out there. You could probably get away with it and probably not hurt anybody. But if you know every time you do that, every time you glance down at your phone, there's a chance the cop will see you with your phone in your hand looking at it. You get pulled over and get a $200 ticket. It will be a deterrent for some people. Yeah. You know, we have we have the state law already in new york we can't uh text or talk on the phone and when it came out it was, it's been a couple years now but when it came out it, it came to light that the people who are lobbying for that law were actually the cell phone companies and then you started to realize how much of a scam it was because they were pushing that law because after that law came into effect what did everybody do they ran out and they bought the headsets and they bought the bluetooth and all those things it was a big money-making scheme for them so on principle i usually try to uh not wear my headset and that in itself is a bigger distraction the phone rings and rather than just pull it out of my pocket and hold it up to my ear and talk i'm digging around in the back seat trying to find where the the stupid earpiece went and then i'm trying to put it on and it's caught around the steering wheel and i'm swerving into traffic it it, it makes it worse in my opinion <laughs> yeah well see that's that uh, if you, you can you can kind of split the subject into two topics the texting versus the phone call i, I have no problem answering the phone putting it to my ear I feel like I'm just as distracted talking to somebody in my car as I am on the phone, even though there is some psycho psychological things about kind of projecting myself into that conversation with the person that's not really in the car as opposed to talking to the person right next to me. But the texting thing, there's no way to interact with it without taking your eyes off the road. Right. You it's can't. You, there's no way to do it without not looking at the road. I'm one of those dorks who walks around everywhere he goes with a Bluetooth light blinking in his ear. I always have my Bluetooth headset on from as soon as I get uh, leave the house in the morning until I get home at night. It's on uh, because I, you know, I get a lot of calls and I do a, a fair amount of driving. And so, you know, I get a call come in, I just tap my ear once and, and I go. Uh, and no I bot. You know, I don't really care if people make fun of me, you know, because I've, I've seen that often, you know, yeah. uh, Facebook post about the, the the jerk you just saw with the light blinking. You know, of course, I have one that doesn't have the blinking light because that was annoying me, too. Uh, but in terms of texting, now I drive um, 36 miles one way to work Ugh. down country roads. And the only traffic I see is the odd cow here and there. Okay. Now I have been known to uh, pull out my phone and, and send or answer attacks, particularly back in the Blackberry days. I mean, I, anybody who's ever had a Blackberry knows this posture, hands on the top of the steering wheel, thumbs up, steering and thumb typing. Um, I've done that, but I would never do that if there were anybody else around. I, I do it on my on the road. I don't do it often. But what's the difference between that and changing the radio preset 
on your on your radio station or in my case you i don't know, have to look to change my radio preset i can just reach over with my peripheral vision and hit the button um i but I, the thing or the thing is if you get in such a habit doing it then you're gonna be doing it and forget that you're in a city yeah now I, I I'm a, a, don't let me say I'm against it. I think it's a bad idea, and it's a bad idea when I do it. But being the fundamentalist, strict constructionist that I am, I don't think my government has any business telling me that I shouldn't do. It. I don't think there should be seatbelt laws. I wear my seatbelt everywhere we go, and I did before it was a law. But I don't think there should be a law. John, you're so, waving your hand madly. What do you have to say? All right, this? gentlemen. So I have a dirty secret. You're missing. You're missing the other. The third. Uh, uh, problem here. So we have texting and driving and we have calling and driving. And, and my dirty secret, a uh, couple months ago, I have a, a younger brother who was studying abroad. He was in Europe and they're about five hours ahead of us or something crazy. So I'd be getting out of school and, and much like you, Mark, uh, it's mostly rural area around me. So I'd be driving home and it's mostly fields and things. And I'd want to talk with my brother, but he's overseas. And by the time I get home, it's too late. So the third option, if you don't want to text and drive, you don't want to call and drive. I admit on a few occasions to video Skyping and driving with my 3G. <laughs> and, and that, you know what? Like, that's the same thing. Aaron, you mentioned like the, the psychological piece of not being able to see somebody and having to put yourself in the conversation. Well, my brother was sitting right on the dashboard next to me on my iPad. I don't see why there's a problem with that. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. Now, I'm going to confess to something that is, is, in fact, illegal and probably pretty stupid. But uh, not too long ago, I, I was in Austin, uh, which is about a five-hour drive from where I live. And on the way back, I put my iPad up in the dashboard of my truck, fired up Netflix, and watched reruns of, of uh, Battlestar Galactica for the five hours I was on the road. <laughs> I, I think it's illegal only because it was Battlestar Galactica that you were doing that <laughs> Hey, way. come on. Now, you see, Anything we, else would be completely legal. Yeah, exactly. We, we um, there's a, a story uh, somewhere. Uh, I'll see if I can pull it up. Uh, in New York, it was right, actually right by where I live last year, a semi truck got into a, a terrible accident and very similar situation. But in this case, the driver had his laptop open and he was watching pornography while he was driving and it caused him to crash. Well, let's see. The problem so, there is you only have one hand free. And so that was what was causing the issue. I knew you were going to go there. I was hoping you were. Yeah, someone had to. I, I hope we're not going to make a title of that. You only have one hand free. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I knew you were going. Well, I'll admit that my on our you know fourteen hour road trips to Texas, coming go back home, that we've set the portable DVD player up in between the seats for our son to sit in the back seat and watch it because we don't have a newfangled vehicle that has built in DVD players. And so you know I've I've been elbowed slash jack jawed by my wife for glancing down at the DVD player, um, you know on the on the middle of the interstate in the in the dark, you know at two in the morning. Um, <clears throat> so I, I've done my best now to not you know even let myself glance down there we moved it further back where i can't see it it's just too easy now i mean everything's so convenient i can i can text i mean i I do it all the time i'm not gonna lie i try to get my text out between stoplights but for the most part i'll just do it while i'm driving it's so funny because i put this link in um earlier today and then i was at a red light on the way home from running a quick errand this afternoon and the and looked up in the rearview mirror and all you saw was the top of the lady's head and I know what you know you knew what she was doing you saw this the position like Mark was saying and the light turned and I went and looked in the rearview mirror and she was still sitting there three seconds later still sitting there three seconds later then then you got the you know the pop Oops. head pops up eyes real big and the car takes off real fast uh, yeah I know. try to I try to mind the traffic signals when I do it 
just because I don't want to be the jerk that's holding yeah. up traffic. But, you so, know, it's it's even worse if you have a touchscreen phone because yeah, with, with, with a BlackBerry you could sort of thumb touch. You know, if you've got a physical keyboard, you can sort of uh, touch type. But with a with a touchscreen, you can't do it at all. And and uh, I use voice recognition on my phone. Actually, right. if I'm going to try to squeeze something in, even at a red light, I'll just tap it and say it. And yeah, double check it. That's the point I was going to make with Android. That's been built in for a while, and with the iPhone. Five, uh, 4s now has siri uh, i do a lot of that I, you know you can push a button and say uh, and or on my bluetooth i can tap my bluetooth and say send text message to my wife um i'm running late i'll be home in 10 minutes and it just does all that and uh, but you still the annoying thing is you still have to look at it and press send it doesn't yeah. actually send it well i want to go before we leave this topic i want to go back one more time to kind of the salient point of this is if we don't want the government to you know like you were saying mark you don't want the government dictating seat belts well you not wearing your seat belt as you drive by me won't kill me but you looking at your phone when texting and coming into my lane will right so if uh, are you saying that you don't want it even enforced at a state or local level you think that texting should be the decision of the person well you know i certainly get your point we legislate all sorts of things that are a public danger and, and I, I totally get your point, um, and that's a reason driving drunk is illegal. It's not because right. we care if the drunk kills himself. We really don't care. In fact, most of us think that's probably a pretty good thing. That's one less drunk driver uh, on, the str- on the road. So, but it's the public health hazard. And I, get, I understand your point, but I do think that if it were municipal or state, I would have a lot more um, uh, agreement with it than uh, coming from the federal level. But you are forgetting the one fact that triumphs them all, Mark. It's for the children. It's for the children. Yeah. And the Nazis <laughs> had text messaging. Yes. It's for the children. What? Don't you love kids? <laughs> are you so anti-American that you want to kill all of our children as we drive down the road? Eric, those are the two arguments that you can make. It's for the children or the Nazis did it. And that trumps everything else. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, no, yeah. We're talking about modern news. Okay, right. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, Seth, we should feel sorry for professional athletes because they don't make enough money. Is that is that the way that goes? Apparently, the recession has hit everyone much harder than originally thought. And I got this off of a Yahoo link. Um, Sam Hurd, former Dallas Cowboy, now a Chicago Bear, has been arrested by the FBI because uh, he was trying to buy cocaine and marijuana to distribute he reportedly told an agent that he already distributed so much in chicago but it wasn't enough and he was trying to get a mexican cell phone because he was under the authority he was under the impression that the cops cannot trace mexican cell phones only ones in america so um you know, I don't know if maybe football players aren't the smartest or, you know, maybe they really do need those millions of dollars. But, um, you know, $50 yeah. million dollars just doesn't go as far as it used to. And yeah. you have to have an after. To, I mean, let's be, let's be realistic. He plan. signed a contract for about $5 million. I mean, the, the poor guy, he yeah, really needed to supplement his income. And, and selling all that stuff on the street, you know, the value is going down and, and, you know, weed just doesn't bring in what it used to. you got to understand. The recession that. has hit all of us, Mark. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. It's, it's horrible. He's just trying uh, to feed no, his actually, family. No, actually, I mean, he wasn't even a dealer. He was, he was, he was a drug kingpin. I mean, you, you have to, like, the amount he was ordering is just, it's mind-boggling that someone could hold down a career as an NFL football player and a Chicago drug lord. I mean, he was getting, what What did he want, half a ton of marijuana a week? I mean, you can't do that yourself. He was That's a, a major, habit. major player. 
<laughs> yeah, he was. He said he was trying to. He already distributed, but the amount he was distributing, um, he couldn't get enough. So he was trying to uh, to keep his pipeline flowing, so to speak. Wow. Well, I, I'm got the. Uh, I've had the Falcon game on here in the background, and, and they actually mentioned it briefly at halftime. And the 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 sum total dimension was, yeah. And Heard got arrested for trying to buy more drugs, and they just went on. It was like no big deal. It wasn't like he was, you know, fighting dogs or something like that that would take up weeks and weeks of people talking about it. Um, you know, well, I don't he, know. from what I've heard, he's uh, he's already talking about trying to work out a deal to get him less time in prison to try to avoid spending 40 years of his life in prison. Um, yeah. He was talking about actually releasing the names of his NFL customers, which I don't oh. think the courts will care about, but the NFL definitely will. Um so I think I think this can turn into a big scandal eventually yeah. if those names ever get leaked. And as a side note, also for those of you that are not listening live, uh, the Falcons are just destroying the Jaguars tonight. It's 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 forty one to seven right now with fourth quarter just barely starting. Okay, is that all fun? right? So that was our sports segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a crime doesn't pay, um, and apparently even when it does pay, it doesn't pay as much as it used to. That's it's kind of sad. Uh, Eric, you canceled this out of the notes, but I, I want to talk about this. I don't think I canceled oh, it. Okay. I would never cancel this. Right, I good. might have on. Must have an accident. National defense. Talk about that. I'm just going to let you go. Oh, um, it's fun to wind you up and watch you bounce off a wall. <laughs> okay, so essentially, what happened is there's a bill out. I believe it's already passed through all its necessary things. It's on President Obama's desk now, uh, and it's called the National Defense Authorization Act, which is makes it legal for the U.S. to detain American citizens on American soil. Without charging them. Without charging them, without any evidence, just on suspicion of terrorism. What What is funny to me, uh, I was watching a speech Rand Paul was giving, and uh, and he actually said that to qualify as a terrorist, according to the FBI, you have to have weatherproofed ammunition, which I have, um, more than seven days' worth of food, which I have in a bag in my closet just in case. And then uh, missing fingers, which, woo, uh, I'm lucky there. But, yeah, I actually, like, of the five examples he he named, I have three of those. Of course, he just described every redneck in America. I'm not a redneck. I'm from California, first off. (laughs) I'm just a man who knows his rights. (laughs) Well, but I mean, come on, every country ago, guy has a week's worth of food. Most of us have guns. A lot of us have weatherproof ammo. And, you know, hey, honey, I don't need to. How many of us, whenever we've operated a skill saw, have with our hand <laughs> moved that thing, moved the guard so we can make a tighter cut? I mean, we're <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are two hands up in the room right now. <laughs> um, no, that's uh, it's definitely. Um, and yeah, it, and, and what they're telling you, what, what they're telling you now is they're just saying, "Oh no, no, no!" You, we're not saying that. It's it's it says that they said they can't arrest uh, U.S. citizens for any domestic terrorist act on American soil, but they actually can because of the way they worded it. A bunch of lawyers have already gone in and gone through all the loopholes you could possibly find in it, and they found that the way they worded Article Ten Thirty Two, it says, uh, are not required. Uh, what does it say? U.S. citizens are not required to be arrested immediately, but they still can be. It didn't say that, but we, they still can be, but it says they are not required to be arrested on the spot. Well, see, that we've introduced now the third 
Trump all argument. There's the children, the Nazis, and now terrorists. And oh, I think that you can blame just, on a terrorist. It's the new Cold War. Yeah, it's the it's the, it's the new McCarthy, McCarthyism. It really is. And um, the 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 thing about detaining people and 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 you know the Patriot Act is is I can unilaterally. Uh, declare you an enemy combatant and hold you in Getmo indefinitely without charging you. Um, all that stuff had always applied to non-U.S. citizens. And now they're trying to make it apply to citizens. And that's where it gets scary. Yeah, they, they decided in, uh, I believe, yeah, in World War II, they decided there was an American fighting on the German side and they detained him and they decided that because he was fighting for the opposite country and fighting against the United States of America, he was he immediately lost his citizenship. So they they detained him as a prisoner of war, which makes sense to me. If you're fighting against the United States right. in a war, then yes, you should be taken and you should face the same problems everyone else does. But if you're just a guy who has an opinion like maybe me and is scared to publish <laughs> blogs now because I might end up in some crazy federal prison, it's it's too much. And and what it is, it's. To me, I know this is extremism. It's just me going off into a, a far place. But people, dictators don't spring up overnight. It's a slow, gradual change. And it takes the one person who is enough of a sociopath to turn it into one. So that, that's, that's honestly the way I look at it. And I know it's not. They haven't taken all our freedoms. And we're still the most, one of the most free countries in the world. But it's a slippery slope once you start you take away one and everyone just kind of ignores it oh never mind america's got talents on let's not worry about this and then it's not like i told i told my fiance didn't care she was like i'm i'm playing smurfs on ipad like i don't care it's like they can take us now they could they could especially take us because all you I have look to like do a crazy is person. look in all you have to do is look at history. The social security number was never going to be used as a nationwide identity system. They promised us. They promised the country that time and time again, whenever it was introduced, and now it's a nationwide security system. A couple of quotes from Benjamin Franklin. They who can give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety and sell not virtue to purchase wealth nor liberty to purchase power. And that's what we've done. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm glad I'm not the only everyone I've talked to outside of my normal group of people has been just like, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, don't worry about yeah, it. That's the old argument, right? You know, yeah, what, and, and it, it's. That's I'm glad until, until they changed the rules the of what's going here because I was honestly expecting some flack because my boss walked up to me today and I was listening to Alex Jones um, and uh, on my radio at work and my boss is like, "Will you turn that stuff off? You're just poisoning your brain." And I was like, "Well, hold on, something important happened today." And I explained it to him. He goes, "Well, if you're not doing anything wrong, what do you have to worry about?" I was like, that's not the point. They could find something wrong with well, it. Well, here's the trouble with that is that the people who make laws define what's wrong. Yeah, that's what yes. I'm saying. Well, and the way it's worded, they don't even have to charge you. You can be detained for being a suspect indefinitely. Yeah. And there's no, there's no, you know, and the thing, it's done by the military rather than by the civil authority. So, you know, and who's to say that tomorrow, you know, being a non-vegetarian could be grounds for being a terrorist, you know? John, what's the northern take on this? You've heard the southerners rant. You know, I have to be honest. I am the most unpolitical person ever. Like this stuff, just I'm. I'm sorry. Like I'm. I'm watching the video right now, and Eric, you're just so passionate about this, and I see you. Like you're even like your hands are just moving, and you're really getting into it. And I don't care about any of this stuff. I'm but so that, sorry. But, 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 but. 
there's like, a certain point you have to like. I, I, I agree, care too I much. Agree. I will completely. Uh, I, I will concede to that. that you guys, I care you're the yin and yang. And I get a little paranoid at times, but I mean, there's a point where you have to be like, wait a minute, you. I, and if they ever take away the Second Amendment, that's when it's going to happen. That's that's my prediction. Is when the Second Amendment goes, that's when everything will hit the fan, and then we're in a crazy situation. Have you ever seen that progression when the Nazis were taking power? You know, when they put away the criminals, nobody complained. When they put oh, away the insane, nobody complained. All that. And then mm-hmm. it got down to, and then they put me away and no one was left to complain. So, right. I'm, I'm listening to right now, I don't know if you guys know, know, his, know the name, uh, a fellow by the name of Dan Carlin, he's a radio personality, he does uh, a series called Carlin's Hardcore History, and he did about an eight-hour series of podcasts on the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, starting about 200 years before the fall of the Roman Empire, um, and it's amazing the parallels between Rome uh, of the you know uh, first century BC uh, to today. Uh, and it's that same sort of thing like a guy comes into power declares himself dictator does great stuff everybody cheers for him because they agree with what he's doing but now they've created a dictator and and, and the dictator later become an emperor and the you know and the whole thing with nero fiddling while rome burns the the idea is that when people who come into power people who make sweeping changes do so under the guise of doing good things you know, Fidel Castro, it was a people's revolution. It was great. He was going to change everything for the better, and everybody uh, agreed with him. And then, like, the day he took power, he said, oh, all weapons are now illegal. You don't need weapons anymore. And, you know, and, and it's just that kind of thing, uh, that incrementalism that's frightening. And uh, our Constitution was designed to prevent that sort of stuff. And there were certain, you know, uh, amendments put in there, the, the, the search and seizure and, and the, the, the those things that, that, that the, the original signers of the declaration or the constitution said we have to have these written in stone that are immutable undefiable or we will not ratify this and now we're eroding those things with a stroke of a pen and people like john say i, I don't care it's scary well hold on, let me just throw though another angle into this <laughs> if if we had been podcasting this like 20 years ago there would have been some other big thing that we're talking about that was going to be life ending and life continued on so i mean i'm not trying to like you know make it seem insignificant but like in the grand scope of things it'll move on there's going to be things that set us back a little bit and things that set us you know bring us uh, back up to speed isn't it always just kind of that balancing act maybe no, we're on the now it's a right law. i mean it, it's a law that contradicts and a constitutional amendment i mean i'm a constitutionalist i believe in it 100 percent. that's exactly how it should be and it's not that way anymore and that's what the the, the people that'll take them away will quote it while taking your amendments away from you and that that to me is just it's not fair and it and it shows the the amount of power the government is trying to have at this point is getting out of control and it needs to just it needs to calm down in my opinion government should only provide infrastructure and security everything else is not up to them yeah it's the whole implied powers thing we we yes. got into a lot of trouble once we started implying powers and the, the constitution was never designed to be an implied document it was that's why there were those amendments uh because originally the guy said well the government can only do what's said here they can't do anything else and then the the ratifiers at the time said no no we want it said that they cannot abridge my speech they cannot um take away my arms i want that in writing and here every day we're passing laws that are both abridge speech and take away arms 
The sky is falling. The sky is falling. But Mark, it's, it's, on its for way, the children. It's on its way. <laughs> it's for the children. And the Nazis had guns. And terrorists have free speech. Oh, in the name of terrorism. I mean, because no matter what, they're always trying to look like the hero. And it's just, I, don't, I, I personally don't think I fall for it. But it's. Uh, uh, I mean, you guys are going to go see Men in Black 3 when it comes out. You know, I love the original Men in Black. The second one left such a bad taste in my mouth. I don't know if I can trust them ever again. Well, there's there's several movies kind of percolating on the horizon. Um, I'm not even going to put Avengers on here because it's in my mind it stands in a class of its own. Yeah, uh, awesome. but I was just kind of looking at the iTunes trailer page today, and uh, is it okay if I move on from that previous topic, Mark? I think <laughs> yes. Go ahead. No, you just did. And, uh, and Mission Impossible yelling, so. is one that's coming up and. Mission Impossible to me. I'm, I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan anyway, um, and I, I just can't take anybody that short uh, seriously as an action hero. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Hey, wait a minute. No, the um, the was it number two? I, I forgot there was a third one until Seth reminded me. The one uh, there's a scene in it. I think it was Ang Lee that did this one, where this girl walks down this pier. It takes like 20 minutes because she's walking in slow motion, and it just drove me crazy and. That movie was is on my not my movies that I'd wasted my life seeing list, and so Men in Black too. I'm the same way with you, Mark. The first one was good. The second one was eh. Um, but there's a couple other ones out there. I thought I'd just throw out. There's one called uh, whose name is actually Battleship. And like I kept the waiting movie. for this say my Battleship. The game. I, I kept waiting for this. Just say two hours of watching people three, cough numbers they and didn't. coordinates. Uh, it's apparently actually going to be like a sci-fi thriller. Um, it's, it's going to be a on the water sci-fi thriller thing where some kind of alien spaceships out in the ocean. There's a battleship. I don't know. I, didn't, I just trailers out. You can, you can go watch the trailer and make your own conclusion. Regarding Mission Impossible, somebody needs to pull Tom Cruise aside and whisper in his ear, "Dude, you're 50," because he's still doing all these these crazy action stuff. And and you know, give him credit, he's ripped for a 50 year old, but he's just not believable as that character anymore, in my opinion. I, I just. Uh, Tom Cruise has gone off that crazy train with Mel Gibson. Like, I won't watch any movies with him anymore because all I think about is how psychotic on the he is. I mean, first off, I think of Mel Gibson like, oh, he's a gigantic anti-Semite, and I cannot get that out of my head. And then, you know, when I watch Tom Cruise, I'm like, I mean, it, he's a Scientologist. Does that kind of speaks for itself? Right. But I, I didn't offend any Scientologists in the room, did I? <laughs> no, just the ones no, no. listening. No. <laughs> well, We're equal uh, opportunity offenders. We will kill. We will uh, insult everybody. Speaking of actors that people love to hate, one uh, that I typically find people either love or hate is Nicolas Cage. People are either like everything Nicolas Cage has ever done is put is the fantastic back in the box. He creep but, like he, he just he personally like if you saw him on the street, see? you would think he's <laughs> at least done something very illegal <laughs> recently. Like, I mean, because he looks like a crazy person. He literally he, lo- it looks like the craziest person I've ever seen. He but was, he's, he was he was hilarious I, I like, as H.I. McDonough in raising arizona the trouble is he was h.i mcdonough in con air too it was the same character and yeah. it just didn't work well ghost rider 2 is coming out for those oh, for that the was comic such fans a out there. terrible movie i liked and, it i like the campy i like i like it when they intentionally make it campy well i don't think they did they though. weren't yeah, that's the making thing. it intentionally i don't think they intentionally campy. did it I, th- I think they did i think they i did. think it There's was a so, blockbuster because they, they can't go out. through that many people yeah. and everyone's go there can't be that many yes men in the i don't world, know the right? original 1960 batman was supposed to be a serious movie too and then batman had shark repellent in a can yeah um, <laughs> that was the 60s that made sense yeah that Hey, you know what? The, the worst campy movie that came out just recently, it's actually been dubbed the worst movie of all time. It was called Creature. It came out in September, and it was that real campy kind of horror movie, horror flick. 
And uh, they spent, I think, like $3 million budget on it. And it was released in 1,500 theaters. And it only grossed like $350,000 in the opening weekend, which turned out to be like six people per theater or something ridiculous. I uh, <laughs> I saw some pieces of it online and it really truly is. It, I like campy and I like stupid, but it was terrible. It was by far the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, me and my oh. fiance, we had a trauma uh, marathon we watched on on Saturday night. And that was great because it, that's intentionally stupid. Oh, they're like you can see it. And I honestly thought Ghost Rider was supposed to be intentionally stupid, but apparently I am. No, no. So. I have I, I have a I trauma can... copy of Rabid Granny somewhere. It's a DVD copy. It's pretty fantastic. Oh yeah, my my favorite is uh, Surf Nazis Must Die. Yep. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Surf Nazis Must Die. That was so bad. Aaron's been trying to get a word in here. What are you going to say? I was going to say I actually I give since I'm a big superhero fan, I give any superhero movie wide latitude as far i actually own ghost rider bought it for five bucks at walmart a couple of years ago so I, I don't hate it you know um as a movie it's not one of the best superhero movies out there but i actually watched the trailer uh for this new one and it's even campier than the first one if, if possible um i think they maybe maybe they did maybe they meant to be campy the first time they're they're ratcheting it up a notch because people weren't sure <laughs> on the first one. i don't know but uh something that was interesting for me uh, I'm a big Josh Whedon fan. Um, if you don't know who he is, he, he Firefly. kind of Fireflies, big came, claim to fame was, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, okay. and Angel and all the spinoffs of that. He actually's writing the Avengers screenplay, which I'm excited about. And he, he's done lots of other things. Um, but the writer Cloverfield has written a movie called The Cabin in the Woods. And Josh Whedon's a producer. And, you know, like the tagline is something like, it's not what you think it is. And, and you watch the trailer, and it's not—it's nothing about a cabin in the woods. It's—it's going to be crazy. Um, hopefully, they pull it off, and it ends up being something really thought-provoking and intriguing. But when you have a second, watch that trailer and, and let me know what you think about it. It's going to be interesting. And finally, in my top five movies that I hate the most, they're re-releasing it in 3D, and I'll hate it three times as much. Titanic is coming out in 3D. I will go on. <laughs> Does that oh, mean you know King of the Woods three times? <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I actually like that movie a lot. I really do. Uh, that I just like means the guy falls in the propeller. That's my only part. Re-releasing that movie just means there's going to be that many more idiots on their boats come summertime doing the King of the World thing on the front oh, while they're so. cruising up and down like Lake Erie or something. That's so. what I said yeah. when they re-released Beavis and Butthead. I was just like, I thought oh. we were over the quotes. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I, I teach in a middle school. I'm already seeing Beavis and Butthead stickers on lockers and like, the idiot kids pulling their shirts over their heads and running around in the hallways, like all the stuff that I did when I was 12 that I'm sure my teachers hated. I'm now doomed to live. It's like this just weird, like cyclical hell of Beavis and Butthead that you can never get out of. Yeah. And what you need to do is just to since you're a, you're the teacher and you're the uncool one, what you need to do is like I used to do that when I was 12, too. And then it'll just be like, oh, oh man, yeah, that's not cool started anymore. Beavis and Butthead. Go away. You know, <laughs> take your shirt off your head. Or well, that could me, backfire. They're like, I didn't know you were so cool, Mr. Mikulski. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Trust me. They know I'm cool, Mark. Oh, Come okay. on. Okay. <laughs> I want to do the I want to do the one minute ver reason of why I actually hate the Titanic so much. The movie Titanic. It's not because it's. Leonardo DiCaprio, I have no problem with him. It's not the, it's not the the cinematography or my chief complaint of the entire movie is the entire thing is. I mean, this is what it does. A movie is meant to manipulate your emotions so that you want Leonardo DiCaprio and what's her face Rose, Rose to get together. Well, she's engaged. 
Right. You know, she's a, not only is she engaged, she's a money grubber, you know, but the whole thing is you're cheering for them to come together. And for me personally, I typically, as a as a general moral ethical stand, I don't want people to sleep together uh, when one's engaged to somebody else or <laughs> or even really outside the problems of marriage. If, you, if you're trying to take the biblical stand on it, regardless of whether or not it actually happens in the United States most of the time that way. Um, so the movie is 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 just all about that whole relationship. And it's. I don't know. I ended up by the end of it, I just had like a bad taste in my mouth. I felt like I'd just been slimed. Now, for me, the relationship and the drama and the the Jack and Rose thing, uh, it was Jack, wasn't it? I don't uh, know. Was it it's actually? Um, it actually was got in the way of my enjoyment of the movie because the the recreation of the events and the and the architecture and that's why i liked the movie that's why i thought it was great in fact the the most touching scene the only scene the only time in the movie that i teared up was when uh the band is playing and the leader says all right guys uh, i guess we can go now and they all decide that they'd rather go down playing their instruments uh, and that was one of those really as a musician that was one of those moments that really sunk to me when 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 Leonardo, Car- Leonardo DiCaprio froze to death and sunk I didn't care uh, but when when the, like, we can leave yeah when the <laughs> it's finally over when the Japanese people were standing in front of uh, the stairwell with water rising up to their ankles looking at their their English dictionary trying to figure out what signs said so they could get out that was the sort of stuff that that I thought was uh, good storytelling. Yeah. That musician part was historically accurate, though. They said that really yes. happened. They kept playing to try to calm all the guests while they're loading the life rafts. Yep. Yes. And, and you got to think, if you know you're dying anyway, you might as well do what you like, right? You, you go out dying the, the doing what you love. And I think uh, uh, that was an awesome thing. But yeah, the, the whole drama thing, other than Kate Winslet's boobs, that was kind of just a waste of time. Yeah, I, I will say this. I saw the making of the Oh, Titanic. come on. You were all and, thinking it. And enjoyed I'm it thinking much that's more. a great name uh, title for our episode. <laughs> Kate Winslet's. <laughs> hey, if you do that, Mark, I guarantee we get record numbers that's of right, downloads. That's right. There you go. That's Google juice right there. Marijuana and Kate Winslet's booze. <laughs> <laughs> Keep one hand free. <laughs> and zombies. Yeah. Eating horses. Oh, wow. Yeah, so anyway, um, yeah, Titanic in 3D, I will not be watching watch that. I, the, I did see the making of the movie, like I was saying, and that was actually really interesting. Uh, but anywho. I hate the whole 3D thing in general, and I want it to go away. It will again. It, it came back in the 90s. It came in in the 80s, and it's going to go away in the 10s or whatever the hell we call it nowadays. <laughs> if I want 3D, I will look out my freaking window. <laughs> I got 3D right here. Yeah, uh, I just it, it gives me a headache. Me too. And I, and I, the, these TVs, they're trying to get you to buy 3D TVs, phones with, with forty dollar glasses. That you know, they're like you got to buy if you want to watch the Super Bowl in 3D. It costs you two thousand dollars to get glasses for all your people, and then the batteries run down, and then they all have to be standing like in single file. You got to put them stadium style in single file just to be able to see the 3D. Who thinks this is actually going to work in the living room? It, it, it's not. It's just a way to get you to buy stuff. It, it's it's more things to have. So they're just like, hey, it's 3D now. And then what I'm waiting for is 3D to crap out again so I can buy the TVs on discount. I mean, that's really all I'm hoping from <laughs> the uh, 3D movement. Yeah, Titanic was okay, but I've had so much more fun making fun of it than I ever did watching the actual movie. Have any of you guys ever seen uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, the famous uh, uh, physicist, talking about that? Uh, It's a great story. Uh, Just uh, 
YouTube it, Neil deGrasse Tyson, just Neil Tyson uh, and um, Titanic. And it's a great conversation he had with uh, James Cameron. Uh, and he said the only thing that bothered him about the whole movie is that there's the scene where you're looking up, where, where Jack is looking up at Rose, and the sky is wrong. It's like we know exactly the latitude, the longitude, the date, the time. There's only one sky in history that could have been looking up at, and it was wrong. And so he told... <laughs> He told yeah, that, ru- he that ruined the movie for me. <laughs> yeah, too, it did. Yeah. But you're not an astrophysicist. But I wasn't going to bring it up, but yeah, that it totally it took me out of the whole moment. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's clearly Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> but well, we're talking about scientists and things like that. I, um, since you were saying, Eric, that you'd like to read, um, uh, if you haven't already read it, I recommend to all you guys because you're all smart guys a book called Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman, uh, about Richard Feynman. If you haven't read that book, it is a great book surely you're joking mr Feynman. I, I would highly encourage you to go grab it somewhere and and read it uh, right, so i think the, you'll get a laugh out of it the last thing moving on the last thing we have in our notes is about uh you know it's a simple easy topic it shouldn't take us long to cover it uh nah. the american taxation system <laughs> i was actually thinking about before you we, we, we transitioned this i was thinking i'm way too tired to talk about this <laughs> yeah wait, wait I, I to really put the, the to easy like stuff a, at the end here yeah a quick straw a quick just a quick poll of uh, what, what started it, because I'm the one who threw this in here, I saw a video on YouTube of a CEO talking to some Occupy Wall, pre, Wall Street protesters. The one percenter, right. Yeah, yeah, and she's, and she's going on and on about this, and he says, he just says, how much taxes should I pay? How much of my money should I give the government? How much, should, how much is fair for them to take from me? And she won't answer the question because she doesn't know. And she just keeps going on and on, and he says, you know, I, I, give, I pay over 50% already in taxes. And, and it just brought me back to that question, uh, to you know, how much is fair? What is fair? And you tax I, the about, rich until they're no longer rich. That's the only thing that will make the occupiers happy. Well, and yeah, the, no, I love I it. Mean, the yeah, people who pay I'm no income. I started out on their side, and now they're just the biggest <laughs> the babies you. in the world. But yeah, I mean, I think everyone should pay the same amount. And I mean, I think you, it's true equality means everything's equal so i pay 25 percent. bill gates pays 25 percent. i mean we flat tax all the way across and the board therefore, and if you don't by definition money, he will be paying more taxes so it works perfectly the rich yeah, do pay more than the poor under that system yeah. yes but yeah, i mean if actually, everyone's paying the same the same percentage value there's nothing to complain about and you already know what you're getting into and warren buffett recently said it he goes he, he goes the the rich paying more aren't going to make them not rich so i mean they're still going to be rich no matter what you maybe you can't buy uh a brand new learjet this year but you don't need a brand new learjet so it's not that big of a deal and if everyone's paying equally no one can complain that's the way i look at it i love that the people that are complaining are the ones who don't pay any income tax like the bottom 20 percent. that's what i think is kind of strange too uh, to uh, to quote Ben Franklin, what we've been quoting all day long, uh, he says it is a uh, surely a tyrannical government that would tax its people one tenth. Um, and what is the uh, highest marginal rate right now? Forty seven percent, I think it is. I paid thirty three percent in last year, and that's without state tax. I mean, just I, when I lived in California, I paid fifty two percent in state and federal taxes every paycheck, and it was just horrible because you'd look at the. You look at the numbers on the side, and it's just it's depressing. Yeah, people yeah. may not know there's no state income tax in Texas. We have a state uh, sales tax instead. Well, California has both. So does Georgia. Kind of, Woohoo! And they're still <laughs> yeah, broke and, somehow. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to get all biblical, but 
Proverbs, a greedy man stirs up strife, but the one who trusts in the Lord will be enriched. So what are the Occupy Wall Street people doing? I don't know what they're doing. I don't think anybody knows what they're doing. Yeah, they, they they're, they're shutting doing. down ports. I mean, those are people who are working hard. I mean, every if someone came into my shop and started protesting me, and act, I'm holding scissors, I realize I'm like a crazy person. Um, <laughs> I'll get you. No, if someone came into my shop, I mean, I would throw them out. I mean, but they were trying to shut down ports. They've completely lost focus, and they just want attention, and they just need to shut yeah. up. Well, you know, I, I agree for the most part. However, here's my complaint with the other side. Now, there's a lot of people uh, who I see who are now wanting to protest the protesters. And I got a problem with that because going back to what you talked about earlier about uh, rights and, and our basic freedoms. And uh, just recently, one of the local news stations up here was uh, covering uh, uh, Occupy. We have an Occupy Buffalo going on. And to be honest, like I said, I'm not a political guy at all. I couldn't even tell you where it was. I, I've never seen it. I'm not even really near the city, so I don't really care. But um, there was a, a big argument over um, whether or not they were allowed to be where they were without a permit or something. And uh, I followed this news cha- station on my Facebook, and they had posted the uh, the link and for some reason I decided to click on the comments which you never do I mean I, I would say that uh, <laughs> comments on like a news Facebook is almost as bad as the comments on like a YouTube video so it's just idiot near illegible writing from just morons but I'm looking through and there's people on there who are saying things like well we should protest them or we don't think that they have or, I don't think that it's it, what they're protesting makes sense anymore so they shouldn't be allowed to do that and I got a problem with that you know I, I don't I, I don't necessarily agree with it. And there's a lot of things that I don't really believe that maybe they stand for. But if they want to stand out there in the cold and, and protest that and not go to their jobs, that's their that that's their prerogative. And yeah, yeah, I, I have no right to say is- they can't do that because that freedom to assemble is the same as anyone's freedom to protest, uh, you know, protest an abortion clinic or march in a Veterans Day parade. I mean, it's all the same basic right that you have. So I guess I'm maybe maybe I'm not for what they're protesting about, but they can protest all they want. As far as I'm concerned, they're certainly allowed to do it in any way they see fit. My yeah, no, I mean, I completely them. agree. I mean, I, I complete I, freedom of speech all day long. I understand that right to assemble that. That's great. But unfortunately, they just turned into a bunch of babbling morons. And, and that's all they it, that's either all they focus on or that's all that's there. So no one I mean, it's just you're at a point to where what you're saying is completely illogical and sometimes borderline socialist, if I have to say, Um <laughs> And so, I mean, it's people asking for stuff. I was on board when they were talking about de- uh, deregulation, uh, monitoring business uh, corporations better that are, you know, dipping into personal 401ks and stuff like that. I agreed with that. And that was when it was 60 people. And then the hippies came and their drums and their, their <laughs> guitars. And all of a sudden, it's just a sit-in. And there was no one that got anything done anymore. And it's it's disgusting. It makes us look stupid. Do you know what I mean? I was talking to a friend of mine who lives in uh, in Britain. And he, and he just, he sat there and he just laughed. He goes, you know how dumb you look to, to everyone? You look dumb, and I was not me personally, but just the American people is like, yeah, man, I want to want to pay for college. It's like, why don't you want to pay for college? You had to go, you went. Why don't you want to pay? But you know, it's just it makes us look bad as a country. So I think it needs to, I think it needs to die out, and they need to reassemble with a PR guy. Maybe <laughs> I'm sure. PR I'm sure you. 
I'm sure you, you've all seen those pictures that were making the rounds when the Occupy stuff started where people were holding the signs that have their sob story and it end with, you know, I'm part of the 99% or whatever. Um, I saw a great one that Will Smith did, you know, going back to your Men in Black earlier, where he had a, a cardboard cutout and it's just him holding up the sign. And when you read it, it's actually the opening uh, rap for Fresh Prince of Bel Air, <laughs> and I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> At the end, he put, "I'm the one percent." Yeah, you, you got to Google it. It's it's pretty good. I thought that's a really nice um social critique of what was going on. Yeah, the one problem I have with them is the only time they break up is when they're cashing their unemployment and government subsidy checks. <laughs> so if or they can afford to pay out. for themselves to assemble, I'm all for it. But my tax dollars should not subsidize it. Well, just just to, in my own defense. I guess I should have put in the show notes. What got me thinking about the flat tax was the Occupy Wall Street. <laughs> I didn't even mean to bring that up. As a <laughs> you said it. You said the hot. You, you said the hot oh, word man. like a peewee. Well, oh. Everyone just goes off. Um, but there, yeah. you know, the whole thing about flat tax, and and just to for my way in on it, um, I, if you do do a little research on it, you know, a straight flat tax. I don't have a problem with cutting a little bit of a break on a guy that's m- making minimum wage or a college student or things like that, or, you know, high school student. But, you know, if you're above the poverty level, if you're, if you are making a living and you're not existing, if you're actually making a living, then I, I'm, I have no problem with the flat tax. Uh, I don't know who started, who, who said it first, but, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey's mentioned it before and other people have too, that if, if the American public had to, when they got paid at work, had to take their paycheck and go down to the cashier and cash it and go back and pay their taxes in cash at work before they went home that yeah. day. There'd be a you know a revolution at the end of the day. You know you take mm-hmm. your she's a round number. You take your thousand dollar paycheck and you go back down. You hand four hundred dollars back to your boss, who then sends it to the government. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, I read, on very long. once read a great quote. It's like uh, getting excited about a tax cut is like being happy that a mugger gave you back cab fare. Uh, it's your <laughs> money, people. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, and like I said, the the CEO videos is kind of interesting to watch, but. Uh, well, you know, and more people could make it if they weren't spending all of their money on Netflix rentals and <laughs> smartphone data plans and unlimited Cigarette. texting. No wonder you can't afford to make it on <laughs> 20 bucks an hour. Look at all the stuff you're paying for that your parents didn't when they were your age. Well, yeah, yeah. if you can't afford to live on 20 bucks an hour, you're doing something wrong. That's the way I look at it personally. Yeah. I mean, I, I make a little I, I make I make a decent I make a very good living, I guess you could say. But I also don't pay car notes i try to have as little bills as possible so i save my money properly especially for a rainy day like if i get laid off tomorrow i have money set aside but you know i mean i I believe if you if you if if you if you're in the middle class like i am then you need to then you should be able to you, you need to learn to budget better yeah, just to go back to what what I was talking about earlier, my my back, my upbringing, uh, my my high school uh, dropout mother with no skills at all raised two children on an average of seven thousand dollars a year income. Compared to that, I am a freaking rich man, and I never forget that. Uh, you know, I have a house, I have two cars, I have two televisions and a satellite dish, I have two smartphones. I'm never going to whine about not having enough. And yeah, by by American standards, I'm I'm firmly in the middle class, but by world standards, I am the 1%. All Americans are the 1% compared oh, yeah. to India. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I, I'm sorry. So I let's just there. do a quick poll but from the five people on the panel. Just I want to just a yes or no. Quick question: Is it fundamentally fair to require people who make more to give more? 
I think we've already all said no, but it's, uh, just checking. No, no, I mean no, no. Wait, wait, yes. It, only if it's uh, a great and in terms of a percentage. If everybody fa- pays fifteen percent, the rich guy does pay more. Yeah. So, yes. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm referring to he should have to pay more than like say I'm middle class. I only pay twenty percent, but he's he's you know whatever top top fifteen percent, top twenty percent earners in the country. Does he should he have to pay thirty percent now? No, no, no. He should pay the exact same amount, and that way you already know what you're paying every year, so you can budget for it. Yeah. So that's why I look at it. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised that 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 idea hasn't gained more traction. Maybe one reason it wouldn't is because it would actually. And I, I'm, I have no idea. I'm not a tax guru at all. I'm I'm more like John. I'm pretty apolitical. In fact, if you go to my Facebook info page, it says politics apolitical. Yeah. Uh, um, that I would I would suspect that the middle class would have to, would have to carry more um, of the burden, you know, because we are pay, from what, I, what all the numbers always seem thrown around that the top five percent pay eighty percent or whatever, you know, like that. So if you try to pick an even percentage then and, and take the same income, uh, gather the same amount of money from the public at a flat rate, it's going to take less from the richest and more from the middle class. Or we could just spend less as a country. To quote, to quote that the great, work, the that great Ronald work. Reagan, it is not that the people are taxed too little, it is that the government spends too much. It's a, it's, that won't work. Hey, these 3D TVs aren't going to pay for themselves, guys. <laughs> yeah, we've got to subsidize the Chinese real estate boom somehow. Come on. <laughs> Okay, I just want to tell one super quick story. We're 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 bordering on miniseries status again with this show. But I, I want to make one uh, note before you make a quick story, Mark. Just to make this, we have churned through all, all the, the content. Notes. That's right, we did it all. <laughs> he made it. But you you were talking earlier. Uh, the subject of roadkill came up and whether it's safe to eat it. Just a quick story that I wanted to tell, and and I forgot uh, at the time, and I wanted to get it uh, years ago. Um, a friend of mine ran over a cow in the road it happens country that's just the way it is um and i don't know how it is in other places but you know i understand there's like roadkill crews that come and pick that stuff that that work for the county or work for the city or whatever no in my small town where i worked you called up the the, a particular family of hispanic descent and they came out with their knives and they butchered that thing up and they put it in their deep freeze and that was that was the roadkill crew back where i was growing up uh there was nothing wasted there I just thought that was a funny story I wanted to share. At least nothing's wasted. I can appreciate that. Yeah. But it's it still was run over by a tire. <laughs> yeah. but, well, in the it's pretenderized, man. Yeah. <laughs> no. ever, there was this guy that used to do. Uh, it was so long ago. It was on audio cassette that he would he would call places, do prank calls. I can't. What was his name? Uh, and you could you could like buy his tapes at gas stations and stuff in East <laughs> Texas, and he would do this really funny like you know old southern black gentleman accent kind of thing and he would come up with these hilarious crazy scenarios and one of them was he called sears and said yeah uh you know i, I bought a deep freeze and i need to see about returning it and the guy's like what's the problem and he goes on to tell him that he hit a deer and they brought it home and threw it in the deep freeze and he, you know and they went to the store and they came back and apparently that deer weren't dead he <laughs> tore the whole inside of that freezer up you know <laughs> So, because of this whole elaborate story, and the poor guy on the other end of the phone, you know, it's, he, he does, the voice he does is like he's an older gentleman, so he doesn't want to tell, you know, this 80-year-old guy 
uh, I'm sorry, you're crazy. Um, but that's what he has to end up kind of saying. All right. So moving right along to the uh, the wrap-up part of the show, if you want to be a part of our show, uh, figuratively, if not literally, if you want to be like Jim and be a part of our show and let your voice be heard, you can do that by calling uh, 559-IAMOPI. Or if you download our new mobile app, there's a call us button right there on it. Uh, you can visit us at our website, elementopi.com, where you will find the forums there that you can uh, sound off and, and let us know what you think, and uh, we will respond in various snarky and uh in and sarcastic ways uh you can also find us on twitter facebook Unless you're right then we'll agree with you that's right uh <laughs> quick uh quick go around uh eric what is your contact information how can people find you uh you can find me at eric fay on facebook and at eric m fay on twitter john how about you um i'm on twitter at john mikulski and you can email me at john at elementop.com aaron probably the easiest way to find me is google one meal one workout that's the number one one meal one workout and click on anything that you find seth at seth underscore anderson on twitter and just find me at elementop.com that's my company that's me that's where you'll find my personality and and some nine or ten hours a week of my ramblings on the air so uh we look forward to hearing from you thanks for joining us and that's going to wrap up this episode of the periodic table 